Hello. So I'm going to record this week's podcast episode a little early. I know I recorded last week's a little late. So, um, but anyway, I just was inspired because a friend in Los Angeles was asking me about things and I was answering her and it kind of made me realize how much is happening. Um, and I got all excited. (laughs) Um, so yeah, it, basically in the ground now, I think I've got something like 15 or 16 trees or something like that. Um, so I've got apricot, apple, pear, peach, pecan, walnut, plum, poplar, maple, sycamore, and pomegranate. And I have, uh, three, I just scored three, um, pines. They're about as tall as me in their pots. And I, splurged a little bit and spent about $35 on each tree, which is still an amazing deal. Um, instead of spending the $10 for a, you know, six inch little tiny baby tree, um, that I was going to get, but I got the species that I was looking to get and I just have to decide where they're going to go. I haven't really decided yet, but as I was pulling each one out of the car the other day, it whispered, in the wind and it was just a wonderful thing to hear and just seeing them when I pass by them and watering them and their pots it just just gives me some some kind of good feels man (laughs) Um, other really amazing things that have happened in the past week I've been um, really trying to prioritize and trying to figure out how to locate and really pray for, cause I wasn't really thinking it, I would be able to find it, but I was able to find free source of mulch. And, um, I had already found a free source of manure, which is also pretty much almost as amazing as finding the mulch, but the mulch is like the, just, oh, so excited about this. And this came about because I did a bartending shift, a volunteer bartending shift at the Legion, um, in support of veterans And, uh, one of the customers that I had on my shift was a woman who'd come in with her partner and was sitting at the bar talking with me for probably a good hour. And her partner would come and talk to us for a while and then go off. There was a pool tournament happening and, um, she and I clicked and, you know, we had a lot of things in common. Apparently she has a PCD as well, which is a permaculture design certificate and, but hasn't done anything with it. Um, versus me, I've been pretty much using it ever since I got it (laughs) since 2004. Um, but, uh, we had, we had fun things to talk about. She's doing fun kind of cool projects on her property, um, in town. I think she's up in the, the bigger town, um, about an hour and a half away. And actually I think we're going to go get drinks and mulch together because we were, she mentioned there was some source of free mulch up there and I was like, mulch you say and so I made a mental note to follow up on it and she was trying to find information about it and was striking out but was being really awesome and you know trying to share that information with me and so I just like decided to try it on my own and was able to actually get a really prompt email response from the lady who I guess runs the whole program and um, amazingly, they actually make it available every day. So it depends on what they have, but I think by the time I go up there, they're going to have a full bunch and I'm just going to clear out my van and fill it to the gills with a shovel. (laughs) 
because <laughs> that's what I have right now. Um, so that's awesome. I made a new friend and now when I go up to town, I can hang out with her. So, and we can get mulch together, <laughs> but, um, yeah, so I'm going to be milking that. I probably won't go up there that often, but I'm thinking about going every two weeks, maybe. Um, I was going to the smaller town that's closer to me every week. And then I just realized I just didn't really need to go, um, for a variety of reasons. One being that my, um, furnace motor died. So I just, and had luckily had a backup uh, electric heater because of the two nights I spent at 19 degrees without any source of heat. So, um, I just have been using that thing or I had been, I, it, I don't really need it anymore cause it's warmed up, but, um, so, oh my God, I just completely blanked. I'm sorry. It's the end of a long day. Oh, that's a great thing to do on a podcast. How informative. But anyway, um, so talking about going up and getting mulch and, um, the, oh yeah. So I'm using, I'm like not really using, um, the things that I was using before as much. So really I haven't run out of propane in like quite a while. It's been over a month, I think, cause I haven't been really using it for heat. So I'm just using it to cook. And I think there's some that's used for the refrigerator, but, um, I keep thinking like it's time to change the propane tank, but it's like the everlasting gobstopper, you know, knock on wood. See, now that I said that it's going to probably finally run out, but I have backups. Um, and so I'm just like, not, and, and then I would go up to the larger town and, and really stock up on like organic stuff. Ooh. And more variety of stuff like berries and pears and stuff like that. And I would find that I didn't really need to go into the, into town, into the small, um, town that's closer really that often at all. And I didn't even go last week. And I think I didn't even go the week before that. So I've just been noticing that going to the larger town seems to make it so that I don't need as many trips. And I enjoy going up there because it's really the, it's the place that I was going to buy a, a property originally. But when I did my due diligence and looked into the cost for, actually building a house on that property, the bids I was getting were just way outside my range. And a big part of that was that, the, you know, because of the scamdemic, one of the things that the cabal accomplished with that fraud on the entire planet, which is pretty amazing if you think about it, they were able to do that, is they tripled prices of most materials and all that. So as you I'm sure know. Um, but yeah, so essentially I just couldn't afford to buy land there or build a house on it. So I decided to go to the place to a place nearby that was more affordable and would allow me to, you know, live in within my means. Um, but I do enjoy going up there. It's a, it's a cute place. It's, um, it's actually a university town and, um, there's lots of, resources and it, it kind of just has everything really that I need. It's a, definitely a very small town, but it still has kind of everything that I really need. You know, it's got a hardware store. It's got a plant nursery. They don't have a lot of variety at all, but if I go up there with some regularity, you know, you, I find cool stuff. Like for instance, when I went there the last time, um, last week, because I had a, a doctor's appointment actually, um, for my eye, uh, something had blown into my eye about a week ago and it had been in there for about four days and I had lost a portion of my vision. I'd lost my, um, farsightedness, um, in my left eye. 
and was just basically looking at the world through bleary vision for almost a week and you know got my appointment and went up there and they pulled something that they said looked metallic out of my eye so i was joking around that it was a um vaccine shed you know uh creature that they put in those uh the injections the gene altering um in things they're calling a vaccine, which are not a vaccine at all. <laughs> um, because there's a creature that a Polish scientist found in one of them. He got five samples of them and he showed the slides, um, that he had taken in his lab, but he, um, he took five samples. Three of them were placebos. There was saline solution, which in and of itself is really, um, important to note. So they're placeboing part of the population and they're, you know, killing and maiming, some, you know, so that we don't, we don't all die at once. Right. So that we don't get catch on and stop, you know, taking the vaccine. <laughs> um, but anyway, in the other two samples, he found what he, I think called a creature because it had a head and three very long limbs. And that in the presence of graphene oxide, uh, it activated and it sort of like animated and became, it came alive and then it started replicating. I shit you not. Um, anyway, so I was like, you know, kind of joking around that like, oh man, I got shed upon by one of the fucking vaccinated and, you know, one of the little things got into my eye. <laughs> um, <clears throat> but it was probably more like a, a metal shaving from the construction site that was whipped up by some of the strong winds we get out here. So anyway, they say they removed it and I, I do feel that it's been taken out. Um, I don't feel the constant irritation anymore. So, um, I think that he got it out and I couldn't see what he had on the Q-tip. I really kicked myself for not taking that thing home, getting it under a microscope because I really wanted to see what it was. But, um, anyway, and then, so he set a follow up for me. So I'm going to go back on Friday, but I was up there to do that and um, ended up going to the plant nursery and I ended up finding, I, I feel like I really scored. I found um, three trumpet vines and they're like a deep orange color, which I love orange. I'm not really a super fan of red. I already have one yellow that I purchased um, a few like weeks ago that I haven't put in the ground yet. And so they were $9.99 each. So I scooped those babies up and then I got three, um, pines. So I'm really excited. And then the, I'm kind of feeling like a lot of the plants in my greenhouse are ready to go in the ground and, you know, I can, I can feel it. Um, I don't know how to explain it. I can feel it and I can see it in them somehow energetically, but it makes sense. I mean, it's spring, right? So, um, the things that were holding me up from being able to get the vines in the ground were, I had a trellis that I'd installed, but I'd put it inside of the purlins of my structure. And that's, something I, that I had to, I had to basically move it to the outside, which meant that I needed to disassemble my clothesline that I did, installed for my laundry. And then, um, because it was, I had like the clothesline kind of going through one of the <laughs> parts of it. So I had to do all that. And I did all of that today. I got it all installed correctly. And, um, the big reason is because I plan on building a house. Um, and I want it, I want the walls to go all the way to the Portland's. And there's another trellis that I installed similarly on the inside of the Perlin and wasn't thinking when I did it. So I'm going to have to move that one out too, but luckily that does not entail disassembling the clothesline. But now that the one um, trellis is actually outside the Perlin, I can now put some vines in the ground there. And I may have mentioned before that I was working on, or this might've been from one of the videos that I did for my YouTube channel, 
which is zombie permaculture. If you want to go check that out, I don't have a lot of videos on there yet, but I have a lot of footage that I'm editing and will be putting up of the RV Reno and also the um, land work. But anyway, so um, that trellis, I'll be able to put uh, probably two to three vines on. And um, one of the vines I ordered is actually missing. And that's troublesome uh, because it's a live plant. So I don't know where it is and I hope it's okay. And it might have died and the seller is not being cooperative and helpful. Um, so, but anyway, I have enough fines to, you know, start getting things in the ground. And so now that now I can, um, but basically I wore myself out today doing other projects. So it'll be for another day. But once I get the other trellis moved to the outside of the Perlins, um, I can then start putting some vines in there. And then another, um, big thing that I moved forward with is, um, getting this, um, lattice privacy screening started. Um, I really would like to screen my camper just for the BNB that I plan on doing and from the road, because there aren't really any mature trees on my property yet that are, you know, screening my home site from view and I feel exposed. Um, and so I finally got started on that. It was really fun because I didn't have like, you know, a lot of extra scrap wood. I just had a few very small pieces and I had to kind of just futz through it and figure out how to basically create these like temporary anchors, you know, to hold the two by fours up, right? They're very long two by fours. I think they're probably 12 feet, um, or at least maybe 14 feet long. And so, you know, I dug the holes a little bit deeper that I'd started and I mixed up, um, and this is exciting. I actually mixed up a bentonite cement mixture. And the first batch I did, I went by the book with the recipe that I'd had. It took me a while to find, to locate a recipe for this, but I finally found one and I used that um, sort of exactly as it was, you know, listed. Um, <laughs> it's funny because I taped a little piece of paper with the recipe, the ratio on my shed and my one of my contractors saw it a few weeks ago and was like, oh, is that the combo to your shed? <laughs> I was like, I'm uh, not quite that stupid, but haha. Um, but anyway, so I used that recipe the first time around and it was really watery. Um, but I noticed that the sediment was sort of, you know, at the bottom and I did use a rake to mix the cement mixture in my wheelbarrow. And it was something that I figured would be a good idea. And sure enough, it turned out to be a great idea. It worked really well. I don't use a rake at all, it turns out. And when I ordered a rake, I apparently ordered two rakes or maybe they just duplicated my order. I've found that Amazon does not work well for me at all. It's ever since the um, cyber whatever thing that a couple years ago or a year ago or whatever, where like all the social media sites went down for a day. I have had so many issues with Amazon. So I have to like usually click a button multiple times to get it to go and I keep getting pictures of dogs that say there's some error on their end and yada, yada. But <laughs> so sometimes what that, what that results in is duplicate, uh, duplicates of things. So I have to go through and make sure I check before I hit the, you know, purchase checkout button. But, um, anyway, so the, the mixture was, was pretty decent and I used basically two half gallon, um, scoops of the mixture, um, one below. And then once I had the post in place, I'm an anchored, I would, I poured another half gallon on there and then I just buried it with the bentonite and I might have to deal with termites at some point, but it's kind of a little bit too late. I sort of was thinking about that after I'd put the two, I did three posts today 
And, um, you know, some people are like, Oh, and other people are like, yeah, it's not a big deal. Same thing with like a lot of things out here. It just depends on who you talk to. Um, so we'll all just have to see, but, um, it's a pretty minor construction project. It's just basically those um, four by eight foot lattice pieces that, um, always used to be in my experience, really sort of not fancy and not expensive, but now they're like, you know, 40 bucks a piece. And I don't know. Anyway, I've spent about $600 on, uh, just some two by fours to, you know, make posts to hold them up. And then the lattice pieces, uh, <laughs> So it was a big investment, but, um, you know, it was worth it to me. So I'm starting on that. I'm really excited. I'm waiting for the concrete to cure or the cement mixture to cure. And one of the interesting properties of bentonite, which is a type of clay, is that it's much more sort of, it moves and it, it shrinks and contracts and expands or whatever. It's more, it's more sort of resilient in a way, um, because of the clay content. So, uh, it, that can be a good thing. So I'll have to see how it performs. But um, again, this is a minor construction project. It's not going to be like super weight bearing or anything like that. One thing that I forgot to do was to measure and cut a portion off of the two by fours. But I realized that's actually probably okay or a good thing or not a bad thing at least because the depth of the holes was not accurate and precise or anything like that. I didn't measure down. I just dug them and I eyeballed it. Um, same thing with, so there's basically like going to be this extra part sticking up above the roof of the RV, which is not a big deal really. I mean, it doesn't matter that much, I guess, but it might create a little wind resistance, but, um, I mean, I don't think it's going to be a big deal. But, um, the other thing with those too, is I, I finally figured out where my freaking level was and I got it into a place where I could find it again the next time I needed it. <laughs> um, but when I went to go use it, I realized that actually I didn't really need it. And it was much better to just eyeball, you know, was it upright straight? Was it leaning forward or backward? Um, that worked a lot better and it's not perfect, but I could freaking care less as it'll work just fine. <laughs> so anyway, that's good. I got that started and I had a little bit of extra cement. So I went ahead and finally fixed my, um, my address posts that I had made, which had been driven over by two different contractors or rather hit with their trailers and stuff. Um, and so we're just laying down on the ground. One of them was laying on the ground for like, you know, a month, <laughs> the last month. Um, and so I finally went and redid that. And by, and when I redid it, I moved both of them, both the one that was still standing and then the one that had been knocked over outward several feet so that that won't happen again. Cause really when I did it the first time, I was really just looking at like the length of chain that I randomly was like, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'll take 10 feet of it. Um, when I was at the hardware store on that snow day that I first drove all the way up there. Um, but it was too narrow for those big rigs. So they did get hit and well, at least one of them did. And so now they're properly spaced and probably won't get knocked over again. And so that's good because today FedEx drove up my driveway and I was like, what? Oh my God. Hi. So glad you're here. And, um, this lady, this delivery driver, I was like, how did you find me? And, um, <laughs> I can't remember what she said, but, um, typically it's like they say, oh yeah, you can't get, you know, it's really hard to get deliveries at your house. And I've been driving to this office location, um, 
about maybe 20 minutes, 25 minutes away from me to pick up my packages for like, since I got here, since, since I moved out to my land. So, um, as of this week, I changed my address and finally my um, shipping address. And finally I'm getting packages at my house. It's amazing. And what surprised me about the FedEx was that I had talked with the UPS driver because he's well known out here and you just gotta, everybody's like, yeah, you just gotta meet him. He's great. He totally loves his job and he loves, he'll come to your house and he'll remember you and all this. And so it took me several months, but I finally started running into him and and making a connection with him. And um, so he knows where I live now and like, he's able to, you know, he, he's going to deliver stuff. But I was really surprised that FedEx actually dropped off stuff because, you know, it's like kind of hard to find. It's kind of out there. So that was super cool. Um, but okay. So let's see what else. Um, I think I told you that I got all my gravel delivered. Um, but I haven't spread it all yet. Uh, there's, it's just something that now that I've got that big part of it done, which is getting the gravel delivered and getting the first layer covered, I feel like I can kind of like chill and work on a few other things. So but I do have my plants for that, for it. And I think I have enough to really just, um, get a really good start to it. And then I'll assess the situation and see if I need to buy more, but that's really awesome. They're all ready to go. And, um, I may or may not, you know, hire if I can find good help out here. Um, which seems to be a limitation factor. (laughs) Um, I, I might get some people to help me just do it. Um, the big thing that's really bugging me with regard to the help, you know, help getting help and like limitation factors is the, it's, I feel like contractors out here kind of have the attitude that like, there's not a lot of options so they can sort of treat people how they want and show up when they want. I don't think it's quite that cut and dry, but I've had three experiences now where there's some, questionable conduct on the part of the contractors and to the point where some of it's a little shocking. Um, and so I'm a little hesitant at this point and I'm a little bit frustrated. And it's funny because last night I went to this live music potluck and, um, met some nice people and, uh, had great conversations and got to let my dog run around and meet some horses and stuff. And, um, uh, this one of the, I think this woman probably either owns the place or she's like the main gardener person or something, but she's, she was saying, welcome to the land of disappointment and something, something. And I looked at her and I was like, what do you mean by that? And she was just like, you know, basically talking about how it's really difficult to get people to show up when they say they're going to show up and follow through on what they promised they they would do. So I was like, Oh uh, yeah, I have to say, I kind of know what you're talking about already. (laughs) Um, but the big thing is that the small camper that I purchased that was, um, you know, it came with this separate trailer that it's on, um, the, the developer that I purchased it from, it's been what, like a month and a half now or something. And he still has not followed through on actually helping me get the camper off of the trailer. And I kind of need someone to help me get that off of there. He's texted me a few times about it, but I just, um, I don't really feel like it's happening. So he also was trying to say like, don't use those beautiful two by fours. You spent way too much money. I'll trade you. You know, you could just use my cedar posts. It'll be better for termites and I'll trade you and something, something that, um, but I finally just like went, moved forward with it because I realized like I'm waiting on this person who's not really, you know, he's just being unreliable as, as fuck. So, um, 
I don't know how to move forward with the with the trailer and the camper, but I think the direction I'm going to head is to purchase a uh, trailer hitch and get it installed on my vehicle so that I can at least um, maybe I, maybe what I can do is like somehow anchor the the camper and then drive you know pull the trailer out from under it. But I think that would be really jarring. So I'm not exactly sure how the guy was going to do it. Maybe with a ramp or something. I don't know. So maybe I can get somebody to help me with that. Um, so I can move forward with my B and B, but, um, yeah, it's a little frustrating for sure, but there's lots of other things I could be doing. And in fact, to curb my frustration today, I set up my laundry finally. So it had gotten to the point where I was like, I had probably more dirty clothes than clean. That's not true. I had a lot of, I have a lot of clothes somehow. I got rid of so much, but somehow I still have a lot of clothes. Um, but I was running out of things like socks. So it's like, okay, time to do some laundry. So I set up my little hand crank laundry machine and it works beautifully. The only thing that I don't like about it is, and I knew this when I was buying it cause it's kind of like obvious, but just to see it happen, I was like, yeah, this is going to kind of be an issue, but how much of an issue I don't really know. Um, it might not actually end up being too big of a deal, but basically you know, you put clothes in there with soap and then you tumble it around and then you let the water drain out and then you fill it with water and you rinse it, you know, you tumble it and rinse it and then you let the water drain out. And my thought on that is, well, how, you know, you'd have to do a number of rinses to get all the soap out. But what I found is that there's a lot of dust that was dirtying the water. You know, it, that's what I would guess it would be. Cause it's not like I'm out there rolling around in the mud or like sweating buckets or something. Um, out here in West Texas, it's a dry heat, <laughs> but, um, so it's like, you know, I don't know how dirty they really were. I don't know if that was the water color was dirt, but I think it is probably dust. Cause there's a lot of dust out here and it looked the color of the dust out here. So, um, I was kind of like, well, I'm not going to waste a bunch of water trying to get this perfect. This is just probably something I'm going to live with. And that is the way that it is. That's, you know, something I'm willing to accept. And, but I was really excited though, because I was able to find an old, grab an old piece of a cut up pallet that I had used and discarded when I built the washing station table with the sink, um, that I salvaged. And I was able to extend the counter space using this with a few screws. And, um, that gave me the space I needed to mount the washing machine onto that counter space. So it doesn't blow away. And so I have a surface to work on it, you know, work on when I'm doing laundry and I was able to do a load of laundry and I have, now I have four clean pairs of shorts cause I was totally out of shorts and it's nice weather. So kind of nice to have shorts and like three pairs of socks and like my favorite hoodie. And I think like one loose soft, like loose pair of pants. That's really like, um, great for hot weather because it, it keeps you cool. Um, and then like some, some bras, you know? So yeah, that was awesome. And it, and I smelled the garments and they smelled fresh. So that's, that shows me that they were cleaned and drying them outside was really nice too. Cause so they get the, the, you know, the smell of the, the wind, I guess, blowing through them. And they did, they drew, they did dry pretty fast. Um, at first I was kind of nervous uh, cause we have like a red flag warning of, you know, high wind gusts of 25 miles an hour, blah, blah, blah. So I folded the, like I folded the clothes over the line and pin, you know, pinned them with two or three pins each, but I found that it really wasn't an issue. So, and they were drying better when I would hang them just from the top, you know, like, so the pants, I would just hang them from the hem instead of folding the pants over the line. 
Um, but yeah, so I think that's going to be a, a fun project, a chore to get caught up with my laundry. But once I'm caught up, I think what I'll do is instead of, you know, creating this huge bag of laundry every week or something, I'll have like, we, you know, maybe every week I'll do like a smaller batch. Um, or maybe it'll be every few days. I don't know, but I really liked it. It was really kind of enjoyable and I just love how it all worked out. It, you know, the, the spigot just happened to be on the right side when I had already installed the machine and already installed the counter on the side that I installed it on. And I was like, Oh, okay, well, I'm glad I, that, that worked out. I didn't check that. <laughs> um, I do that a lot. I just kind of, you know, like don't think every single thing through when it comes to little projects I'm doing, but I was glad that it worked out. Um, and I think one of the other things that I did since I last did a podcast episode was I finally hung my illuminate shade cloth correctly. And it took a good portion of the day because I had to drill two different holes in each uh, for each hole using two different drill bits. I had to start with a small one and then, you know, a bigger one and because it's steel. And, um, you know, I created a bunch more metal filings that blew all over the place. So yay, that's not scary at all. Um, <laughs> and, um, I'm just have to get burning man goggles and just wear them all the time now. That's <laughs> the only solution I think. Um, but, uh, so I was able to get it all strung up and it's really nice and tidy looking now. And I have a view now back over when I'm up on my, the um, roof deck that I'm building. Um, I'm building like a yoga space up on top of my RV and now the, uh, it, the old way that I'd had the illuminate just like strapped all over there cause I couldn't reach stuff and didn't have a ladder or I didn't have, um, also didn't have metal drill bits, um, titanium drill bits was, it just blocked the view to the, um, to myself. So, um, this is nice cause I also get that view back, but you know, it's, it's nice to have that done because it just looks so much better. And it, that kind of matters to me. I was really kind of embarrassed and uncomfortable with how just freaking funky it looked. Um, cause the wind had shredded the old one. And now I think that the wind's going to, um, travel better through it because it's strung up snugly and it's strung up in a straight line. Um, it's not, you know, there's not like uh, weird tension points on it. So we'll see how it goes, but I'm pretty excited about that, um, being done. And, uh, it feels good to just be kind of moving through some of these projects that have been sitting there. I'm really hoping that some of the other projects will, you know, see some movement as well. One thing I noticed, and for any of you that practice law of attraction or are dealing with, you know, scarcity or, um, something like that, um, this is kind of interesting to me. I, I intuitively kind of realized that I had these three little checks. They weren't, they weren't big. They were just checks from, they were like refunds on my, um, I guess I overpaid on my car insurance or something. And so, you know, the company sent me like three different checks for like, you know, $11 and $18, things like that. And so, but I'd had them just sitting there because I think they weren't large amounts and I didn't feel like it was worth the effort kind of to deposit them. So they had just been sitting around and I'd be kind of moving them from here to here and they were in my way kind of. And then it, it hit me just like it was last week, I think. I was like, what am I doing? This is, this is sending a message to the universe that money is not important and I don't need any. And it's like, duh. So then I went ahead and deposited them knowing that and being conscious of that. And right away I got a new, um, lead on a new project, which whether that closes or not is kind of beside the point. It was like, it opened a gateway to more abundance by acknowledging and appreciating what abundance I had been given already. Right. And that's a foundational principle. So I really reminded me of, you know, 
making sure that I'm keeping in mind the practice, you know, um, cause it's very easy to get distracted and the cabal who's trying to kill us all essentially and enslave us, slave the rest of us, uh, they're in, intent on, um, destroying our connection to our ability to create. And, um, so it's, you know, very important to maintain that connection and to remind myself in any way that I can, whenever I can. And it's, you know, it comes and goes. It's like, sometimes it'll, I'll be go days without it, but out here it's a lot more peaceful. And, um, so I, I tend to not be in the negative spiral as much as I was in uh, Los Angeles County, which I wouldn't blame LA. Actually, it was just, I think any urban area, um, any populated area, you're around all those mines. And if you're sensitive like me, you can kind of, you pick up on that, you know, that mental energy of other people. And, uh, it's stressful. I just looked at a, I was just listening to, uh, um, one of the reports that I listened to of investigative independent journalism, if you want to call it that. And, um, they shared a comparison of the, the, how the different States handled the, the quote unquote COVID crisis. And, um, California was one of the worst. So I was like, you know, I did the right thing. <laughs> um, I have been missing LA in the last couple of days because I did my profit and loss statement for last year and going through all of those calculations and all of those recordings and all those things you ha that I had to do to create that document, um, had me go back and look at all the clients I served and all the projects that I did in 2021. And it gave me the sense of nostalgia. And I also was kind of put in the mindset of like all the abundance of resources and things that are available there, you know, in such a big metropolitan area, um, you know, but I think things are starting to shake out a little bit. Like I'm starting to feel like I'm finding my groove and where to get things that I like, you know, um, a friend of mine is actually going to get me the oat milk that I can't get out here. I've, it, there's just no way to get it out here. And it's the best freaking oat milk there is. And I'm not going to tell you because I don't want you to try to get my oat milk. I don't, I, there needs to be more for me, <laughs> but no, it's like really creamy and delicious and amazing. And I use it in my coffee and I don't know. I just really love it. I can't get it. So I think she said she was going to get me a case of it and I'll pay her all that. I might need to pay her up front. Um, but anyway, so it looks like I'll be able to do that, but I won't be able to get, um, the Brooklyn Bel Air sour beer. That's cause it, it basically was shipping. It would be double the price. And I'm just like, I'm not going to do that. Nope. I'm not desperate enough yet. That's ridiculous. You know, cause sour is already all, uh, it's already so expensive, but, um, you know, I was able to get, uh, almonds and walnuts. I had to order them. Um, and I did pay a lot more than I am used to paying, but I also got a lot more like size wise. So I think that it shakes out. Um, but yeah, so pretty much figuring things out. I was able to find organic bell peppers. They were really affordable and I got a bag of honey crisp apples that were in their perfect crispness not at not bruised or anything. And they were like, it was just over $4. It was a really good deal. Snatched that up. So, um, yeah, you know, little by little kind of finding a groove with some things. Um, I would say that's pretty much the gist of what I wanted to say. Uh, oh, I will, I will No, there's more to tell. <laughs> there always is. Um, but so a couple days ago, uh, somebody drove up into my driveway and, um, you know, I was a little bit like, you know, who are you and what do you want? But I tried to just kind of give him time to 
come out with it, you know, and, and I'm glad I did because, um, he, it turns out he's really cool. He's one of my neighbors to my South. I guess he's like a street away, um, which out here is, you know, like five acres, uh, 10 acres, you know, <laughs> between us. But, um, but he was super nice and he, um, was inviting me to our other neighbor that's further South from him, um, who wanted to, uh, have people over for dinner. And, um, so I accepted and even though I had already eaten, I, I went anyway, just, you know, to meet people. Um, and it was so nice of him to drive all the way to my house to invite me. So he gave me directions, which were pretty simple. And I, went a new way that I'd never gone before up my street, the other direction. And it was kind of fun. It was like exploring the neighborhood and then, um, got to see these people's house and their house is very similar to the design that I'm going to do for my house. Very blocky, just a square with a sloped roof, um, just one pitch and then windows and, you know, yada, yada, but there's a stick built. And, um, we had a really nice conversation. There were about five of us. So the two hosts were married and then there were three of us guests. And one of the guests was a man that I'd seen just, um, I think the day before or the day before that, when I did my bartending shift, he was uh, playing in the pool tournament. So, um, we had a nice conversation, but it turned out that I think there were some very different viewpoints on at the table, which was cool to, to kind of see how it was handled because it was actually handled um, pretty well, I thought. But one of the hosts, um, the husband, he was, I basically met my first Bible thumper. He was so out of line that I almost was beside myself and didn't even know what to say because I was like his guest, you know, and was trying to be polite, but he was being so rude. It was like, I, I just kind of almost didn't know what to say, but he basically was totally not reading the room. He was totally ignoring those of us who were not Christians and were not interested in becoming Christians. And he was just basically like, instead of having using, you know, like his own words in conversation, he would just basically respond with a Bible quote. And he did that multiple times. And then he had us pray multiple times, which, you know, I'm not an atheist, so I don't like, I'll just tolerate it. But like, I'm definitely not going to say amen at the end, because I know from my research that the definition of the word amen, the original definition, which means the definition, you can decide to change it, but that doesn't change the meaning of that word. Um, if you've studied like Sanskrit at all, you know, this, like the sound of it's very important. But anyway, so amen actually literally means to negate everything that was just said. So it's like, don't say amen if you're going to pray because you basically are saying now forget everything I just said and just throw it away. But you know, whatever, it's fine. If people want to pray, it just, it was kind of funny. And then what really got me was he was just, he would ignore, he would just basically, you know, he was trying to, um, convert people, which, I just have little tolerance for because my view is live and let live. As long as you're not hurting kids or animals, like not only do I not care what you're doing, but I really don't want to know, like, don't push it down my throat. You know, um, like these teachers that you see that are, you know, being supported by Disney who are like, you know, they're like trying to indoctrinate our, you know, the nation's children into like sexual conversations and you know, discussions of gender fluidity and all this crap, you know, one guy just got, he resigned right after he probably was made to resign because he basically put out a video that was like, fuck parents. If they don't accept you for who you are, you know, I'm your parent now drink water. You'll be fine. And he was just, you know, gender fluid 
teacher who was basically teaching kids that they should become transgender yada yada whatever i mean if it's just a sickening it's horrible they're grooming kids disney's getting caught doing it um right and left it's disgusting but so anyway i have fundamental problems with um with christianity i can tolerate it um and i understand the you know there's most people who are christians really are good people and and you know they don't know the origins of their own religion and it's fine and i'd rather have them be christians and satanists so i just leave i leave people alone you know but do not fucking push your religion on me i mean and if i say no once leave it alone you know so this guy just wouldn't leave it alone and he actually came up <laughs> so once i finally was kind of called him out a little bit and was like you know actually i don't really appreciate like you know being told that i need to become you know a christian because it's not of interest to me and i never will and i just you know that's just not appropriate then he decided to come even closer to me and he like gets all up in my business and like was kind of almost whispers and he's like hey read this. Will you read this? And I was like, what is it? He just had this document ready somehow, like in his pocket or something. Um, and he's like, it's an IQ test. And I'm just like, I'm not going to take that. And that's actually really quite insulting. Um, but they didn't phase him at all. It's like nothing that anybody else said. Cause I wasn't the only one that was resisting his advances, you know, his Christian Christianity advances. Um, it didn't matter. He just was like, you know, one of those Christians who, thinks that God has told them that they need to convert other people and that it's okay to completely ignore and disrespect the other person's belief system or values and just push, 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 push until you can't push no mo. And I just, it was kind of just like, <laughs> what do you see in this guy? But my new friend was much more tolerant and, you know, saw the good in them. And I do too. I really liked the wife actually. She and I got into this nice conversation and we broke away from, the guys who I guess got into a heated conversation separate from us, but, um, she, she, she doesn't push at all. And she didn't. And, um, she was very nice and we got along great. And we saw a totally eye to eye about, um, a lot of things. So it was really refreshing and she was delighted to meet another woman. Um, so that was cool too. Um, yeah. So anyway, that was kind of interesting. Um, and I'm, I'm glad to be meeting people and getting to know the characters out here. Um, they're mostly pretty interesting characters. I think that one guy was kind of, you know, there's going to be all kinds anywhere you go. Um, and I've met some bad apples too. Some people that just have never learned nonviolent communication and they just, um, uh, they just dump their garbage from past interactions with people I've never met onto me or whatever, you know, it's just like, um, <laughs> excuse you. <laughs> but, uh, most people, uh, seem, seem interesting. And it's funny. Cause when I was at the potluck thing, last night um this woman who i recognize because of her hair she has this really scraggly crazy hairdo that kind of works for her um but um she took note of me and i mean granted i was wearing a dress i haven't really worn a dress yet out here until because i was out of shorts you know shorts are my day you know, my day regular like go-to ensemble um <laughs> but uh, so I was out of shorts. So I was like, well, I guess I just got to wear a dress. So I wore this dress and it's an old dress I've had for a long time. And I just had boots and, um, I couldn't really wear a fanny pack with it, which is what I've been wearing with shorts and stuff. Cause it's just so utilitarian. So I just wore one of my leg, you know, strap bag things, whatever you want to call that, you know? Um, so I could have like keys and lip 
lip balm and you know my wallet whatever so um but and then i had my hat you know and my hair is in the was in these fucked up totally messed up like twit so what i did was like you remember twirly curls barbie does, it, does anybody listening to this remember twirly curls barbie <laughs> i wish that i had kept that little device that came with twirly curls barbie because what it did is it twisted two strands of hair in the same direction while also twisting them together in the opposite direction so that you basically it holds it doesn't unwind it's really a, a great way to do your hair and anyway so i did that in these two um side twists uh several days ago and just never like it just kind of held its shape and so i never like undid it and brushed it for like probably four days <laughs> i even showered with it and just like didn't uh, comb it you know so i i i, I don't know that was what i was wearing but I think that's maybe why she just perked up and took note of me and took an interest in me and came over and decided that she was going to come at me with the, you know, I'm going to lecture you about your dog approach. Um, and I, you know, she was trying to say like, she thought, you know, like, you know, something, something aggressive. And I was like, my dog's not aggressive at all. She's very playful. She's just a puppy, you know, and she tried to kind of push for her, uh, her view again. And I just wouldn't let her. And I just kind of gently stood up to her and she backed right down and started smiling at me and introduced herself. And it was interesting. Like, I don't really know what the fuck was going on in her head, but I kind of, kind of know, like, it seems like she saw me as some kind of threat and decided she was going to try to like, you know, challenge me. But then somehow I diffused her and, um, I don't know. It was interesting. Um, she was really pretty when she smiled. Finally, she looked kind of scary before then. Um, <laughs> so that was an interesting character, um, that I met and then, um, multiple other interesting characters there. When I was doing my, my shift at the bar, um, there was a, no, this was the day before I did my shift. I was actually a customer and I was just sitting out on the, one of the stools at the bar and I had helped like a bunch of us got together and like fixed all the bar stools in the whole house because like they were all like wobbly it was great. Like somebody ran out to their car and got like Allen wrench set and we just all like faced him. So I was sitting in one of the newly secured uh, bar stools and this other customer had come in and, and sat at the bar opposite me. And, uh, I had some, he was talking to the bartender or something about like a band. He's forming a new band of like newcomers to the area and he's the only one that's an old timer. And, and I was just like, Oh, that's interesting. I was just thinking on the way over here that I really would like to start a singing group or join a singing group, you know? And, um, so, but he seemed, it was funny because a lot of the men I've met in my life have assumed that I'm hitting on them and it's totally frustrated me and annoyed me because I've never once been hitting on them. I don't, if I'm hitting on a guy, it's really obvious. And I'm like, you know, would you like to go get coffee? Or I'm, you know, I, I don't flirt. Like, I don't, I don't know. Um, one time I was at dinner with a, it was like lunch or something with a friend of mine. And she was like, that waiter, you were really flirting with that waiter. And I was like, what waiter? To the point, you know, just basically the two, that story illustrates i hope the fact that i'm not intentionally flirting with anybody i mean it's possible that i come off as flirtatious but i have no clue that i'm doing that because to me i'm just friendly i'm just interested in people and friendly and i'm courteous and ask questions about their lives you know is that's just to me what a good human does when you meet a person but a lot of men have totally taken it like she wants me you know it's just like totally annoying and so I could tell that he was, he didn't know what to make of, of that. And he, I don't know. It's weird. It was just kind of like, but it was, it was like chill weird, you know? So it wasn't like a big deal, but it was funny because sometime during the end of the time that I was there, I said something like, you know, I've totally sworn off relationships. And I was talking to the bartender. We were talking about something and 
right after I said that, the guy who had been sitting at the other on the other stool was like, um, something like, "Oh yeah, Nick, maybe we should exchange, you know, information about the band. You know, you could audition because I'd said something about auditioning." And I was just like, oh, so he just was like, he, he thought I was hitting on him. Like that was what he thought. He literally thought that I was using the excuse of, you know, talking about, you know, auditioning to be a singer in this band he's forming as, as a way to like date him, which is so ridiculous. It's so egotistical and so wrong. But I was just like, whatever. So anyway, I didn't really think too much of it. We did exchange numbers. And of course I lost it because like, I don't, that's just, I'm not. I don't want to have to deal with that. You know, it's not worth it to me. So anyway, when I was at the potluck, um, I was like watching my dog and making sure, you know, cause she was off leash for the first time there. And a lot of dogs usually hang out there and run around. So I was just kind of keeping an eye on her, you know, and, uh, she had kind of run off a little bit when I first got there. So I was like, you know, Hey, where are you? And walked onto this big old porch and, uh, some people were sitting there, like they perked up and like started to talk to me and, you know, took notice of me, which I'm not really that used to. I'm usually kind of just like fly on the wall background person that no one really notices because they're living their lives. So it was kind of like startling to me for people to kind of like take note of me, you know, but I think because I'm like one of the new people, they're like, Oh, who are you? You know? But anyway, so I get over there and, um, and it, it, one of them is the guy that had been sitting at the bar and I'm thinking to myself, oh great, you know, here we go again. He's going to just assume whatever, but no, he was actually, um, really attentive and like, almost like he had never seen me really the first time. And was, it, it was weird. He was just like showering me with attention and introduced me to this other guy that was part of his band. And it was, I was just like, what is like, you wear a dress. Is that what I did? I don't know. This is stupid. But it was nice that he was being nice, finally, um, instead of like all weird, you know? Um, Yeah. So I don't know. That was an interesting experience. Um, I am usually not really very, you know, I'm not intentional about my social um, impact. I'm usually just friendly and open and, you know, I am very down to earth. And if people treat me with respect and treat other people around me with respect, then I'm usually cool with them. And if they're dicks, then I'm not cool with them. And sometimes I'll stand up for people if they're being mistreated and, you know, whatever. But I'm not, like, going into social situations with an agenda or a plan. I just – that's just not how I roll. Like, it took me weeks to come up with enough nerve and, and confidence to actually smile at that one um, cowboy, like, two weeks ago or whatever, right? That's, like, the most that I've ever – that's kind of, like, the, the height for me of uh, social – uh, strategy strategizing strategizing stratagems <laughs> but anyway suffice it to say that i'm starting to get to know the local characters around here and it's fascinating um you know to say the least and uh i'm just kind of hanging back as much as i can because uh i don't know it's like there's a lot of interesting types out here and some of them aren't so savory in the sense of you know how they conduct themselves and treat other people so i'm just a little wary but uh yeah, I'm just, I have so much work to do on my property that, um, I'm very busy and I don't really, um, think about it too much. But one thing that I, I noticed and that my friend texting me and asking me about how, you know, things are going out here and, and all that reminded me of was, um, how this, this place out here, this really, really, really rural place with very few, you know, a very sparse population. Um, it, it is so much more social and it has so much more to do than I, than I expected it would, you know, pretty much almost every night of the week, there's some event or gathering or you know so you know you can go dancing you can learn spanish you can go to a potluck you know you can celebrate the full moon you can 
um, you know, there's just all these things going on. And, uh, so when I do get tired of working as, you know, alone and working on my land and being out in the middle of nowhere and having just nothing but quiet, um, around me, then usually on any given night, I can probably go, you know, engage with other humans. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, uh, that's pretty much the gist of, of what's been happening this last week. And it's, um, exciting to see the trees leafing out. The sycamore is leafing out. The apple is boom, big, lots of leaves. Um, the pear, one of the pears is lots of leaves. Um, the redbud has lots of leaves. The two maples have, have leaves, lots of leaves. The pomegranate seems very happy. It's just fully leafed out. Um, one of my pears has not leafed out yet. The plum I thought had died due to ba basically just not being handled correctly by the nursery. Um, uh, but I pruned off some of the dead stuff and found that it's still green. So hopefully that didn't harm it. Um, and, uh, so hopefully that's going to come back. I would like to get a black plum because black plums in particular have a really high antioxidant content. Um, but I'm, I'm having trouble finding one, but so the one that I have is, is some kind of red plum. I'm not sure which one, but, uh, yeah. And then the, the three poplars that I planted, they're still alive. I use thrift store uh, fabric as a shade cloth and they are still hanging in there. So that's awesome. I'm really excited. And then I just need to figure out where I want to put those, uh, those pine trees and uh, the walnuts uh, they're in, they've got lots of space. Um, and the pecan has not leafed out yet. I'm a little concerned about it just because it came with such a huge, a deep, uh, I wouldn't call it a tap root, but the root, the roots were in two separate places, like three feet apart. Um, one was way up high and one was way down low. And so I did put two more gallons in there, um, uh, for it. So I'm not sure how it's doing. It doesn't look dead, but it might just be kind of slow to go, you know, that rhymed. <laughs> um, yeah. And so I'm really excited. I'm going to go get a bunch of mulch this Friday. And when I get that, once I kind of start laying that down, I'm going to do, um, gosh, this is, I'm running out of time this time, but basically the, in a nutshell, the plan that I have is I'm going to rough up the surface of the soil with my hand tiller, which doesn't go very deep at all. It's like half an inch. Maybe I'm going to add the manure. I'm going to add the humic product that I have. Um, I'm going to add probably, um, I might do some, um, peat moss, but I doubt it. I kind of just want to do the, the humic, humic stuff and the manure and call it kind of good. And then I want to do cover crops and then I'm going to have to figure out irrigation, but we're going to do my gray water here. I think this is coming weekend ish, or maybe at least get it started piped, piped at least, um, or some of it piped. So I think that will allow me to do drip or something. I told my contractor that I need to think about the design of, you know, what do I exactly want it to do? Um, and where do I want it to go? So I need to figure that out, but I think that might be a way to irrigate the, uh, the cover crops that I want to do. So anyway, huge projects. It's awesome. It's so fun. And, um, thanks for listening and thanks for sticking with me. And I hope that, uh, as I have time, I can get my YouTube videos up and, you can see some of this stuff rather than just listen to me talk about it. But I hope you're living your dream and I hope that I've inspired you and helped you in some way uh, by sharing mine.